Hi, so I'm here with Simon and I'm here with Martin and we're sitting in an electric bus taxi on Cape Clear. We're going to go for a drive and we're going to talk about what we're in and why it's here. Okay, so here I am with Martin, Martin Amelot. Yeah, how are you doing? So um, amongst many of your things you do, you're a taxi driver now. Well, at the moment, yeah. So at the moment I'm covering um, Sunday and Monday on the island local link service here on Ilan Clare, Cape <laughs> Clear Island. Cool. And um, I'm doing that just as one of the drivers, just for reasons of reasons of COVID, etc. Um, one of the drivers can't work at the moment, not because they have COVID, but just because they have someone vulnerable at home. So I said I would do um, Sundays and Mondays just to so that we keep the service going. So what we're doing is we're like doing essential stuff, like we're bringing people from the ferry to accommodation and that kind of thing. And we are delivering groceries to those who need the groceries uh-huh. delivered around the island. But we're not doing any tours. We're kind of avoiding doing tours and that kind of thing because, like, that's fairly non-essential, obviously. And we're just trying to, you know, limit, we'll say, limit the exposure to big numbers of people. Okay, so we are in an EV, electric vehicle. So so what are we in? We are in a Nissan ENV200 also called an Avalia. Okay, cool. And um, yeah, it's a super duper vehicle. So we have we have the one that we're in now, which we're calling the, the non-ramp. And then we have its sister uh-huh. vehicle, which has had a ramp fitted that can take, obviously, that can take, you know, a wheelchair. Um, it was sent to the UK to have the ramp fitted. And the reason it went to the UK to have the ramp fitted is because there's some uh, people over there who do that kind of work and that they were able to put in the change the vehicle and put in the ramp in the rear without it affecting the warranty of the vehicle. Oh, that's good. Um, okay, so how many of these taxi vans, EVs are in Ireland? And particularly that we're on an island off Ireland. So how many how many vans are there like this? Okay, so I'm only aware of the two that we have now um, working in the local link like for, the, for this pilot project. So the reason we have them, sorry, I should have said that the reason we have them is that we are conducting a pilot project, a green transport pilot project, in partnership between Corkham and Clare Chorinta, the island development cooperative here on the island, and the National Transport Authority. So I had gone originally to the National Transport Authority with a proposal that, um, you know, given where we are with, you know, all of the various climate action stuff, etc., and... I suppose taking into account that maybe Ireland hasn't been ticking all the boxes it should be ticking with regards to uh, green transport. So when I went with the proposal to the NTA, I mean, I did point out to them that, look, this was an ideal location for such a pilot project. It was going to be ticking boxes here at home for them. It was going to be ticking boxes with the EU and generally, you know, and it's a good idea and just to trial it here on Cape Clear and then with the possibility that they or others would be interested then in, you know, replicating that in other places or, you know, whatever way it would work out. Cool. So um, how long have has it been driven on the island okay so this vehicle that we're in now which is the one that had been driven the most i suppose at this stage Mm -hmm. um has 488 kilometers only up on it so far because the vehicles did come into the island on the barge on the 25th of march that was when the lockdown was basically when the lockdown was just beginning so they actually haven't had much use um we only it's only since the lockdown the island's lockdown finished that we then installed the 
and the perspex in the vehicles so that we could actually take passengers in these. So basically, we're really kind of just still getting used to them now, we'll say, over the summer. Mm-hmm. And then with a view to like both vehicles, then we'll be in full use then from when we start the project formally um, early in September. Okay, so how how charged is the battery at the moment and how wh- wh- where do you charge it? Okay, so right now we're actually using what they call a granny charger, which is basically we're just plugging into the plugging into the you know socket in the office or whatever. Sure. But um, actually, someone is coming in from Cronin's Electrical. They're coming in to fit the chargers. We sourced the chargers through a company called ePower, who are in um, in East Cork, in uh, Car- Carrigtuhill, actually. So. So Cronin's do the do the installation of the chargers for ePower and like I say, so they're actually coming in now this coming Friday, today being Monday, and they're coming on Friday to install the chargers. And that will be plugged inside the building somewhere, or yeah. So the so the main charger actually is going to be just inside the door of the bus shed back behind the co-op, mm-hmm. and then there will be a smaller sort of a more domestic charger. Um, outside the main door of the Collage de Pubble Clara building, the Irish College building up in the middle of the island. So the classic thing people like to ask about is range anxiety. So we're on a small island. <laughs> um, how long does it go between charges? Okay, so obviously depending on the mileage, a full charge on this vehicle will tell you that it's going to do somewhere roughly around 230 or 240 kilometers. Wow. When we left, I know the day that we, when we brought the vehicles down on the 24th of March, um, I was driving one and Walter from Kiri's Nissan, who I had been dealing with for over a year about sourcing the vehicles, etc. He drove the other. And the one that I was driving when we left um, Cork said that it had sufficient to do 227 kilometres and to be fair then by the time we got down to Baltimore I have to say that the, that it was quite accurate in fact the 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 number of kilometres of energy that I had used basically seemed to equal the distance we had done so it seems to be quite accurate. Right now this vehicle um, says it's showing that it's sort of like you know almost a third charge and it's telling me now that i have enough to do 69 kilometers oh that's the distance left okay yes yeah uh-huh. so and then there's different there's different settings so there's an eco setting okay so i have it on the eco setting now and then there's in the drive position there's a d and a b and when it's over in the b position then it's also and um, when it's in in eco and in the B position, for example, coming downhill, it's capturing back as much power as it can. Ah, is that the regenerative braking? Yeah, so idea? so you'll see that now. So we'll so we'll take off now. Cool. And I think what we're going to do, um, what we'll do today, Simon, is we'll go up the glen. I was going to ask, how does it handle going up hills? Now we have steep hills here. You'll see in a minute that it actually handles remarkably, incredibly well, and goes up the hill. As if there was no hill, I suppose. There you go. That's digital. That's digital technology for you now. But it really goes up the hill, like just with no problem whatsoever. So look, uh, we've pulled off and we're moving, and the only noise really seems like the wheels going over the uh, the ruts in the ground. It's so quiet, isn't it? Yes, it's absolutely quiet. And in fact, 
I even managed to, um, just for messing the other day, I managed to sneak up behind somebody without them even knowing I was there until I was right up behind them. And then, of course, I spoke to them, um, someone I know quite well, of course. And, uh, and I have to say, he nearly jumped out of his skin. So I was explaining that now, now we're in a new era that you could be, you could be driving around in your electric vehicle, interestingly enough, and no one would even know that you were, no one would know that you were going around. Yeah, it is a, it's paradigm change, really. Um, the other aspect of when you drive and you drove it down, what's the pickup like? I mean, can you overtake cars? How does it, how does it move? It's, can it, can it accelerate well? Oh, absolutely. In fact, I would, I would nearly go as far as saying that, um, my experience of driving down from Cork Mm-hmm. was that uh, I'd have to say that in lots of ways that it was um, better or performing better I suppose than a vehicle with an internal combustion engine cool so I guess that's the thing too that it's you know it it performs as well um, we were just talking before about charging and you had said that you have plans for the future in terms of maybe PV or wind as well so tell us about that yeah so what we're hoping to do in fact to have an application a couple of applications in at the moment try and get funding to um, put 50 square meters of PV because that's what you can put in at the moment without planning permission okay in behind the co-op that we would have a bank of PV there facing south and um, also with um, with some you know obviously controller technology and batteries and stuff that we would then be able to use um, the electricity produced through the PV panels to charge up the vehicles now there's a bit of an anomaly because in the summer when the vehicles would be used most during the day well then obviously that's when you would be getting the most um charging but look we will we'll work around that with batteries etc for the moment yeah to store what you the energy you create to then maybe charge it at night would is that your idea yeah absolutely so so really my thinking is if we had pv and some micro wind and when i say micro wind i'm actually talking quite micro because over the, I mean, let's face it, there's some bit of a, there's some bit of a breeze here on Cape Clear Island pretty much all of the time. Yep. So, and the vehicles are not being driven, you know, going to be driven all of the time. And it's a bit like even, it's, it's similar to like with the house and using PV and solar and everything on a house. Like, like we don't actually use that much electricity. So the storage is key. So if you have storage, and if you're like producing a little bit of electricity 24/7, and you have good storage, well then you can really go a long way to to providing your own mm-hmm. energy because you know because you're not using energy all of the time, but you could actually be producing energy all of the time or certainly most of the time. So I imagine you're aware of the Orkneys where they do have uh, a, a positive amount of energy generated from renewables, and they have. They have quite a few electric cars on the island, not even just taxis, but for personal use. So, I mean, in, in an ideal world, are you seeing this as a proof of concept to potentially have other types of EV cars on the island too? Yeah, I think so. So I think, like, given that Cape Clear Island is one of 26 islands that's preparing a clean energy transition agenda as part of the EU Clean Energy Islands Initiative, mm-hmm. I think... You know, as as has been discussed before, like there's not going to be some you know some sudden big bang of like clean energy transition here on Cape Clear or indeed anywhere else, although they're quite close to it in some places. But like 
so bit by bit so so let's say like so now like when people get used to the idea here on Cape Clear Island when people get used to the idea of electric vehicles which of course they will do now because they see these, these yeah. two vehicles are now operating and people will be in them and all of that and then bit by bit I think as EVs become available second-hand electric vehicles become available um, well then I think that maybe people might be encouraged to you know to might be motivated to actually buy those and use them here on the island and indeed on other islands now there are islands of course where there where there are you know a decent number of electric vehicles up on Inishmore there's a handful of them now on Inishmore and okay. the Iron Islands uh -huh. and um, I think that bit by bit Look, bit by bit, I mean, eventually, eventually we're told that there won't be any um, fossil-fueled vehicles on the road, let's say, in 20 years' time or whatever. Or so even 2030, they say that some countries are phasing diesel out. Yeah, yeah, that's right, completely. Yeah, that's what they're aiming for. So we're heading up the Glen here now. Yeah, and normally I could only get up this in first gear, that last bit, and we seem to have come up it fine. Oh, yeah, without even without even an issue. We're just passing Ordnaguiha B&B here now. And like no strain whatsoever on the vehicle, just driving away. So is this an automatic? Yes, automatic. So once you put it down like into the drive position, I don't have to do any kind of shifting or anything else. That's all obviously done by the with the the brains and the digital uh -huh. uh, motors, etc. of the of the vehicle. Yes, it's quite 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 astonishing actually. You don't have to do much, only steer it properly and and be watching out for hitting the brake when necessary. So even now, like we're going up a bit of a hill here again now, and I mean you can see Simon, you know, there's no like there's nothing like a strain on the vehicle or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it's not stalling or anything, is it? No. So what we'll do is we'll just go up this last bit of the the Glen Road here, and we'll um, we'll turn around, and then you'll see as we're coming down. When I put it into that B mode, you'll see as we're coming oh, down okay. that it's going to be capturing back power. So this is the regenerative, regenerative braking, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, so, and does it um, does the dashboard tell you what it's giving back? Um, yeah, there's a kind of a scale thing. You'll see it now when we just turn around here and we'll head back down, and you'll actually you'll see there's a sort of a an indicator there. Um, there's an indicator here on the main dash that's sort of showing whether you know between one and I think it's between one and six bars in total. Okay. You'll see that. So I'm just turning around here now. And again, pure silent. It's quite incredible. Yeah. And a, a nice feature of this, of course, is it has the reversing camera. And so the screen here, um, as soon as you go into reverse, that screen uh, automatically shows you what's behind the vehicle. So if something was there, would it stop you? Could you, could you still go into something or would it stop you? Ah, that's a good, you know, I actually don't know. You that's haven't, a, haven't that, tried that. No, I haven't, <laughs> try, I haven't tried that. Okay, so I'll try that with uh, with, with some big lumps of uh, polystyrene or something, you know. A traffic cone. Yeah. We'll try it with something like that and see. Okay, so now, so I'm going to just flick over now from being in the D over to B down on the stick there. Okay. So now, and the little recycling symbol has come up on the, has come up on the dash. Mm -hmm. And also then this... If you lean over slightly there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. And you can see there now, see there's a little bar, and see now there's three or four green um, little rectangles showing up there. But when we're going down the steeper part of the hill now, there'll be five or six of those showing up. And that's 
an indicator of the energy that the brakes are taking. Yes, that's taking my that they're back. That's my yeah. understanding. Yeah. Very good. That's showing you the level of sort of recapture. Did they give you like a tutorial or a walkthrough when you first got the vehicle? Yeah, they did. Well, Walter from Kiri's did. Now, Walter, of course, um, remember now we're talking about like back in the third or fourth week of March, mm -hmm. just when we were going into lockdown and all of that. So I got the got the vehicles down because, of course, Kiri's was shutting down. Yeah. And obviously, we didn't know at that time how long anybody was going to be shut down. So Walter, actually, to be fair to him, he went through obviously all of the basics with me so here's the thing where well, we have someone in the road yes and they probably didn't hear us coming no they didn't because it's actually <laughs> quite we've got some kind of a squall just coming in there now and it's actually quite windy and rainy there this minute and now i'd say he didn't hear us coming now there is a button down here for a beeper and i'm just again like obviously the vehicles are brand new to the island and there's a lot to learn but um so i'm just trying to figure out now is there something else that we need to do um, within the menu there to activate the beeper but basically um, there is uh, there is at least there seems to be the potential here that if we can um, set something up in the settings that we can have some kind of a jingle or something um, when we get close to when we get close to a, a human being or it'll be know, it'll be like a hundred years ago where somebody ran in front with a red flag waving in front yes of so right now we're going down the steepest part of this hill and now oh yeah it seems to be doing pretty much like the maximum sort of recapture when it was coming down the steep part there and braking. And around we go now, and so we're just going along the frontier now, passing the hostel. So yeah, so I think there's good potential now for this project, and um, you know, obviously we want to get the thing launched formally. The NTA, to be fair, um, you know, everybody, well of course there's no choice, everybody has been understanding of the fact that, you know, we didn't get going. Um, with the project at the pace that we were expecting but uh, look sure we're, we're in the strange times that we're in and we'll get going like I say um, in September and that would be the, the the formal launch of what I would hope to be you know a three to five year project so I mean the vehicles were the vehicles were uh, procured and purchased through the NTA uh, for the project here on Cape Clear so you know I don't see any reason why they wouldn't Mm -hmm. stay here even when the project is finished and, 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 and like I say you know they will be the, this green transport um, is going to be an integral part of the clean energy transition that we're aiming for with the island yeah well, I think it's fantastic um, what well, you've had a few members of the public in haven't you yeah in the have people gone in it yet into in the vehicles yes yeah. they have so what so what's the uh, feedback how have they found it yeah the feedback generally seems to be that people are impressed and they're of course they're impressed with the with the quietness of the vehicles but i think mostly people are impressed at the fact that we're you know that cape is 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 getting going now with the whole green energy thing and obviously like cape was at the forefront back in the from the mid 1980s up until the early 90s with the integrated wind energy system that was here. Mm -hmm, the windmill, and, yeah. Yeah, and then the two turbines, and then they had a diesel generation and a shipping container full of batteries. And it really was the first system of its kind in the world. And um, unfortunately, there wasn't the kind of support at that time that there is now for renewables. Yeah. And I think, I know that when I moved to the island in September 1995, which let's face it now is a quarter of a century ago. <laughs> and I know at the time, like I remember bringing up a few times with people about 
like oh you know what about getting the the renewables thing going again and I must say that at the time that I felt that it seemed like people were still kind of suffering sort from kind of the disappointment of the of that project and it not having had the kind of support that it needed you know the longer term support so but now I have to say that generally the community here now everybody seems to be behind the the whole prospect of the, oh there's a car with a loud exhaust everybody now seems to be behind the prospect of getting renewables going and I know that um, I know that from like the few meetings I've had now that myself and people from other of the West Cork Islands we've set up a working group now for the West Cork Islands for clean energy transition and um, like we're getting a lot of support now from SEAI and from UCC uh -huh. and um, and from some other agencies and basically the next step now is that we're going to have SEAI um, coming to the islands and coming to the islands and having meetings with the community and that we're going to be doing for example like assessment of buildings and basically SEAI will provide support but SEAI support is based on like the SEAI the first thing they wanted to do with the sustainable energy community which is a thing that now we're going to set up with the, all of the West Cork Islands what they want you to do is get your buildings up to as high a rating as you can possibly get them. So here we are back now. Perfect. And so. we're after, we've actually driven, interestingly enough, we've driven almost four kilometers. And we started out, when we started out with the, the gauge was showing that we had enough power to do 67 kilometers. We've driven pretty much four kilometers. And now it's saying that we have enough power to do 65 kilometers. So we've really, to do our almost four kilometers, we only used two kilometers out of the tank, if you know what I mean, mm -hmm. because we had the recapture coming back down the hill. Look, I think it's a great positive demonstration to show what it's like. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they get on now. So thank you very much. Okay, Simon, thank you very much.